When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On DAB, online, on the app and on your smart speaker. Following on, Ash's Inquest on TalkSport. What a performance. Hello and welcome to the show. I've just about started to calm down. I'm John Norman. Alongside me for the next hour is Steve Harmison. Looking back at a day's play where England put aside the disappointments of day one, providing us a reminder of why they've been so successful after the last 12 months. First up, it was a morning session where they started it needing five wickets and probably got five wickets, despite another century on English soil by that man, Steve Smith. Yes, come on! Drives it beautifully through the offside. 32nd Test match hundred for Steve Smith, his second at Lords. We are witnessing greatness in front of our eyes. One of the all-time greats. Australia bowled out on the stroke of lunch for 416. The four overs before the break suggested a tough session or two. But instead, England got off to another flyer. Just one wicket down and good partnerships building between Duckett and Root. Launset 2023 suddenly had its Edgbaston 2019 moment, possibly with Nathan lying, doing a Jimmy Anderson and hobbling off with a calf injury. But if you thought that meant advantage England, then you were wrong. Duckett taking on the short ball to his peril to fall too short of 100. In the air and taken too short of the 100. Warner with a safe pair of hands. Hazelwood with the wicket. And England didn't learn. Pope, Duckett, and then Root, all perishing the same way. Oh. That's in the air. In, in, in. Good hands. Desi Clay, did he has it? Smith. England had been 188 for one. Now, they were 222 for four. It could have got worse. Brooke dropped at square leg. But in the end, it just about got through to stumps alongside the skipper Stokes. England, 278 for four, a deficit of 138, and huge questions moving forward about Nathan Lyon's participation in the test and the series. You're listening to Following On, Ashes Inquest. Big thanks to Sky Sports Cricket for those highlight clips, by the way. They have been terrific uh, with their coverage of the series so far. Right, Harvey, first up, uh, I think England probably would have bitten your hand off to find themselves in this position uh, at the end of play, um, at the start of play, that is. But boy, oh boy, if our WhatsApp messages 
ever see the light of day, the ones that were pinging between me and you and the producer Scott when they lost those three quick wickets, I think we're both out of a job. Um, what <laughs> on earth was going on there? Um, I'm not sure what was going on. Uh, carnage was, was go- what was going on. Um, I've tried hard to defend England as much as I possibly can and try and see, um, try and give you a, a logic to what's just been witnessed in front of my eyes. I think the execution again was was poor. I just think in this situation, I never have a problem with England being positive. I never have a problem with England being ultra positive. But I just get the sense that England misread the situation with Nathan Lyon off the field. Nathan Lyon walks off the field one wicket down. All of a sudden, if you can get Hazelwood, who hasn't, who's played two games in the, he's played two Test matches in about eighteen months. Cummins, Stark, Stark, is got was going at seven and over, eight and over at the time, and you're going, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm all for being positive, but just pick the right ones, like Ben Stokes did when he came in. Just pick the right ones, take not everyone, and unfortunately, England were, you know, predetermined in what they were trying to do, and they were, they knew the short ball was coming, and. The execution was poor, and I was surprised that Joe Root, you know, Ollie Pope, toe end of the bat, um, Ben Duckett would have got to the 100 if Manus Labuschagne hadn't hit the stumps of the run out just before that because there was nobody backing up. Um, and then he hits one straight down, fine leg. I, I thought it was about half an hour, 45 minutes of madness. But, like you said, right at the very top, I listened to Ben Duckett after the game, and he talked about Australia wanted us to go negative. Australia wanted us because men on the boundary Australia wanted us to go into our shells and not play take the positive route and this is not what our team's about we're going to take the positive route well yeah I'm all for that Ben I've got no problem with that Ben but when you do it you've got to execute it well and unfortunately they didn't execute it as well as they would like and England are four down when you really if they'd, if they'd walked off two down today with a little bit of smartness um, and even being even being 150 or 160 behind, you go and England have got a great chance of winning this Test match. Yeah, I don't think Australia wanted England to go on the defensive at all. I think Australia wanted England to. to Australia were trying to feed England's ego, and uh, they wanted catches by the boundary, and that's exactly what they got. Yeah, well, but, well, from a defensive point of view, that's what I mean. I mean, they wanted to put you know fine leg, third man, deep square, deep point. Um, but when you're when you've got two men back. You go. It's a it's a bit of a risk. So, but it's a risk worth taking. It's calculated. When you've got three men back, you know, you've got a man in front of square, a man behind square, and fine leg, and you're still taking it on. You know, the reward from that is, I think, the reward from that is so small. And I think at that point, you then start trying to work out how a different way of playing. Um, and I think that's when I mean that's what I mean by Australia going defensive. I'm bowling bouncers, and I'm going. The most you're going to get is one, unless you hit me for six. You're not going to hit me for four because I've got it all covered. I've got I've got enough spread that the ball shouldn't go through it past any of my fielders. So we're going to go def- you know, from a defensive point of view. We're going to stop that boundary. And England have gone. Nope, we're going to try and hit it for six. And unfortunately, the parrot. Uh, we've had plenty of reaction, as you can imagine. We had a lot of reaction yesterday on social media. Um, was at uh, Warren K Hill says they've shown no understanding of the game, naive and infuriating to watch. I'm all for this so-called baseball. The players have to sometimes show a bit of intelligence and play proper cricket shots. Today was embarrassing. Uh, Rob uh, Rob M A T H F C says it should have been 278 without loss. Uh, Brian Greenway says too much ego versus logic. Mike Gidley says once Pope got sucked into sucked into a mishit hook 
It gave Australia more confidence to continue. The Lion injury reduced options, but they hit lucky without inability to keep the ball down. Uh, Rinker says, a bit silly, two unnecessary uh, wickets. I mean, I'm going on and on and on here. There's, there's so much, uh, so much annoyance by the way that England... You know, essentially, they did not have to play this way because Lyon had gone off the field. And we know that, OK, it's, it is difficult because Australia do possess more pace in their ranks. They had short pitch bowling at both ends. You know, it wasn't that they just had to see off Mark Wood at one end and then they could, you know, uh, tuck whoever was at the other end away for a couple of singles to keep the scoreboard motoring. But surely, you know, you just bunk it down for half an hour, sway out the way. And, um, you know, Australia's bowlers will tire. And also, let's not forget, Harry Brook was dropped. Yeah. You know, it should have been another one. Harry Brook was dropped. Joe Root could have gone uh, earlier than he did. Um, I, I can't disagree. I think it got frantic for a little bit and England seemed to get lost with the emotion of, of what was going on around them. And, you know, it wasn't until Ben Stokes came in um, and you, Joe, Joe Root wasn't there long enough to, to sort of grab the game and go, hold on here. We just might need to just sit for a little piece, but when Ben came in, there was a lot more. There was a lot more thought the way Ben Ben Stokes was going to play the situation and read the situation. Um, but again, I, I can't I can't disagree with what you know other viewers are saying. It, it was it was it wasn't so much madness. It was you could see it with a little bit of brainless cricket, a little bit of frantic cricket. Um, did they really, you know, think about what they were trying to achieve by not thinking about what the next 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, hour would be to the, the game situation rather than it just seems that this team thinks I'm going to see the next ball, I'm going to hit the next ball and if it's there for me to hit in my hitting zone, I'm going to try and hit it and the execution wasn't there and sometimes... You sometimes you have to think about the longer term. Unfortunately, this team doesn't seem to want to do that. Let's hear uh, let's hear uh, an interview that took place shortly after uh, all the carnage was taking place on the outfield. Um, David Gow, former England captain, of course, uh, uh, spoke with Sam Ellard, who's been here for a Super Sam from the Talksport Breakfast Show. And uh, David Gow slammed England's shot selection when facing the short ball this afternoon. I wanted it to be different because I wanted those guys still to be there. I mean, you, know, you feel for someone like Duckett, who after the first test needed some runs. You get to 98. I was in, uh, with some friends at that particular moment when it happened. And they said to me, what would you have done? I said, I'd have middled it. Uh, which is slightly facetious because in the moment, you do what is instinctive. Um, he plays beautifully. I feel for him not going to use 100. The others, one, one of the things I wanted from Basball especially after that first test match, is for Basball to get slightly smarter. Love the entertainment, love the commitment, love the positivity, just to get slightly smarter. And yeah, I'm now getting slightly sick of people running down the pitch and missing it when they're playing well. So it was, you know, it's, it's still an interesting situation, still a potentially useful situation, but it could have been better. Yeah. And I think, is that the key point? We all love watching the attacking style. Yeah. But there just have to be a moment where we have to just go play sensible cricket here. Because we gifted them three wickets well, there, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, the, yes, it's just adding that bit of smart to the excitement. Um, and yes, what, what happens, of course, is if you are positive against opposition, it puts the pressure back on them. But then as soon as you give something away, you concede the ground you've gained. So it's a, it's a fascinating contest. Mm. 
It's interesting to watch, but obviously we are desperate. And in terms of the series itself, you know, the next few weeks, what happens next? This is a, dare I say, a crucial game. My final question for you, I know you've got Cat waiting for you outside. You said you're sick and tired of seeing players coming down trying to smack it. Do you think this England team will at any point stop no, trying to right. rein it in? No, there's a very simple thing. When it comes to being stumped, if you want, wander down the wicket, run down the wicket, whatever you do, if you're not there, I promise you this, I, I got it wrong once, try not to do it again. If you're not quite there, you throw your pads, your body, whatever it is, anything in the way, make sure you're not stumped. Then you can start again next ball. So that's what's bugging me. OK, well, that was uh, David Gower speaking with Sam Ellard. And uh, I hope Sam covered the uh, the taxi meter, which uh, no doubt was running as uh, as David was. Uh, well, he never used to come in on his long run up, did he? He was a batter, but uh, <laughs> he was a little bit too laid back for uh, for that. As as angry as I think I've ever heard him. Uh, but look, we've got uh, plenty more still to talk about. We've had loads of interaction on social media. We still need to talk about what could well be the defining moment of this match. Maybe the series, an injury to Nathan Lyon. We're going to be hearing from the former Australian skipper, Steve Smith, the vice captain, uh, the century maker, very, very shortly with the latest on Nathan Lyon's injury right here on Following On Ash's Inquest. On DAB, online, on the app and on your smart speaker. Following On Ash's Inquest on TalkSport. What a performance. You're listening to Following On Ashes Inquest with myself, John Norman, Steve Harmison as well. England ending day two here at Lords, 278 for four uh, with uh, Ben Stokes not out, 17. Harry Brook dropped on 25. He's 45, not out. Uh, 48 for Crawley, 42 for Pope, 98 for Duckett. And uh, Joe Root, who was given a reprieve uh, when he was caught behind on one, uh, off a no ball, Cameron Green, um, he was uh, he perished for 10. 222 for four at that stage. Um, let's hear from Steve Smith, though, because without any doubt, I mean, we've, we've started the show talking about how you should take on the short ball, but the big, big moment came in the 37th over. It was, again, uh, a short delivery, which was uh, hooked by Duckett. It fell short of Nathan Lyon, running in from the square leg boundary, but he pulled up immediately and essentially had to be helped from the field. It did not and does not look good. Let's hear from Steve Smith. Yeah, obviously it didn't look good. Um, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't look ideal for the rest of the game, but, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how he actually is. But, you know, it's, obviously if he's no good, it's a big loss for us. Um, he's in his 100th consecutive test match, um, which I know he was really looking forward to taking part in and, and having a role in as well. So, um yeah, fingers crossed he's okay, but um, it didn't look good, obviously. Calf injuries, if that's what it is, and that's essentially what the uh, the dressing room is saying, uh, you know, give us a little bit of insight into what that means for a bowler or or any any professional athlete, actually. I think it, when you look the way he, he came off the field and the way he, he looked, he looked a lot in distress. He looked as though the resigned look on his face looked as though it's not, I'm now at this game. I think it looked as though he's out of the series. I really thought, you know what, this is a man that, like Steve Smith just said there, 100 consecutive test matches. For a bowler, that's ridiculous. It is, you know, I know it's a, he's, a, he's a spin bowler and, and you know, it's not, as, it's not the same as a fast bowler's point of view, but I think it's massive. Um, Jimmy Anderson did it in 2019, walked off, and it took Jimmy Anderson a long time to come back from it because if you remember, John, we went to, we went to South Africa in that winter and he, he more or less did the same thing in, in the first test match there as well. So they come and go. You get a lot, of, a lot more calf injuries when you get a little bit older. 
Um, so I think this is a, not only a huge blow for Nathan Lyon, a huge blow for the, the Australian cricket team, but I think the distress on his face said everything at the end. And I think it was it was more, I might not play again in the Ashes, never mind take part in the rest of the game. Well, the Aussies are always good for a little quote or two. I wonder what Steve Smith had to say about uh, the way England uh, took on the short ball. This is what he had to say. I think in the right circumstances, definitely. Um, while the ball was pretty soft and, um, you know, Lords has quite um, deep sort of pockets in those areas where the ball is likely to go. So um, if you're going to hit it for six, you're going to have to get a fair piece of it. Um, and then, yeah, you've got fielders there that if it's not going, it's a chance to be out. So, um, yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, great that we were able to create that many opportunities on, on that kind of wicket today. Uh, we've had a lot of reaction about the way England went about the short ball. Steve Miles says, all this whinging about baseball, you'd think it was England that lost seven wickets for 100 runs. It's almost like former England players want the team to fail so they can say, I told you so. Well, I'm not a former England player. You are, though, Harvey. Do you want to say I told you so? No, I, I, I don't mind the way England play. I just think in this situation, we could have been a bit smarter. You know, I, 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 look, if Lions on the field and... We have a go, and you get out that way. Three, three wickets in seven, seven to ten overs, but caught in the pockets that Steve Smith's on about is is criminal. It really is criminal, and even more criminal when you know of the history of the bowlers that are on show, the durability of the bowlers that are on show. You go right. We can hit many, many sixes and fours if we're still batting at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and I think that is a bit what David Gower was saying. I'm not wanting England to stop playing shots. No, nowhere at all. I don't think any former England cricketers are. I just think there's a reading of the situation and have been a bit more smarter. And I think England could easily have been one down tonight and you could have been looking at thinking, right, England might just bat once in this game. Uh, MKW at uh, FHC Wiggle, he says, I want 19 journalists who are always looking to moan about anything to be ignored and for Ben Stokes to ignore it, to realise England is loving how they are playing. So uh, it's, uh, it's dividing opinion is what you want. Uh, let's hear what Ben Duckett, who of course perished too shy of 100, uh, had to say about it. There wasn't really any discussions. Um, you know, everyone, I feel like, individually went about it differently. Um, I actually... For the first over or two, I started trying to kind of give myself room, you know, try and um, kind of improvise really. But, you know, I then went actually, I actually played the short ball pretty well. Um, you know, I'm just going to try and kind of tap it on the head and, and get down the other end. And if it goes in the gap before, then brilliant. Um, you know, Brookie came in and did what Brookie does. Um, you know, and then Stokes, who was so calm at the other end. And, you know, even Popey, Popey said, I'm going to, you know, get that side of it and smack it into the stands and I said, go and do it. You know, if so unlucky to get a get a toe under there and, you know, if that's anywhere near the middle or even the top edge, it's going miles back for six. So yeah, it's it's the way we, we play our cricket, I feel like if, you know, they're gonna have plans like that and we're gonna go in our shells and, you know, just get bombed out and people around the corner that would be going totally against what we do. Um, I'm not sure about the figures, but I'd imagine we were probably going at four or five and over even throughout that period. So, you know, I'd, we lost a couple of wickets, but, you know, I think, as I said earlier, we're, we're in a good position. So it was Ben Duckett speaking about his dismissal, uh, walking off the field, bat raised, but too shy of what could have been a, uh, 
a career-defining century, actually, a, a century at Lords in an Ashes Test match. I mean, uh, it does not get much better than that. He fell too short, but, you know, he'll have another opportunity in second innings. Um, there was a, a man, of course, who did pass 100. He's done it, well, he's done it uh, nearly more than, more than any other batter in the history of the game. I think it's only Don Bradman scored more centuries against England in England. Uh, but it's Steve Smith, his second Test century here at Lords, uh, and he's been speaking about that. Uh, so let's hear what he has to say. I missed out last game, so I was keen to to make a few this game. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure. It was, it was obviously a huge moment. I love playing here at Lords. Um, you know, I spent a fair bit of time in the middle of the last um, two times, and then today uh, this game as well. So it, it's a nice place to to play if you get in. Um, you get good value for your shots, and um, yeah, nice to get myself back up on the honours board again. Uh, Jared Kimber, who we'll be hearing from shortly. We've been talking a lot. He's uh, he's writing a book about uh, essentially the best batters in the history of the game. And he's of the opinion that if he continues on for another couple of years, and there's no reason to think he won't, uh, hitting this, you know, this rich vein of form, which essentially you could go back to, what, 2015, apart from that gap because of Sandpaper Gate, he's been frighteningly consistent. Uh, Jared's of the opinion that uh, he will essentially be in the top three uh, the argument will be it's either Steve Smith or Sasha Tendulkar, who is uh, seen as the second best batter of all time. Oh, well, he's got to get there first. So I've dodged that. I've dodged that one. I've sat on the fence for that one. So no, he's a he's a wonderful player, wonderful talent. Um, if he keeps going like this way and he averages sixty for another fifty Test matches, well, that would be close to one hundred and fifty Test matches. Uh, what what an argument it would be, and there would be a lot of Australians could have. You know, be completely right that Steve Smith would be you know, up there ahead of Sachin Tendulkar because of the way he's played the game, where he's played the game, you know, from an all round the world, England. He's scored a lot of runs in this country. And I think what proves to me is when people were having a go at him coming over to play for Sussex, this guy didn't need to play for Sussex. He really didn't. You know, he really didn't because he, was cla- he is class, he's world class. And he proved it again today when things weren't going well this morning with his team. He just went about his merry way and got himself three figures on the honours board and made sure Australia got to a score of over 400. Um, and if he does go on and play another 50 test matches, it would not surprise me if he, he finishes up averaging between 55 and 60. And that would be a great argument. You know, Sachin Tendulkar, Ricky Ponting, um, the, the, you know, the world's, you know, even in, their, in, his, own, in his own country, you know, the, the players, Don Bradman, Ricky Ponting, Alan Border, all these players, Steve Smith, um, you could argue he's, he's right up there ahead of most of them. Well, you can always get involved. Uh, get involved on social media at cricket underscore TS. Uh, is there anyone in the history of the game, aside from Sachin Tendulkar and Don Bradman, who you would say is a better batter than Steve Smith and why? Uh, you can also text us 81089 or call us 03717 uh, We've got plenty still to come on the show. We're going to be hearing from uh, Sir Andrew Strauss, who's been uh, working for uh, Sky Sports Cricket today. And, of course, it was uh, Red for Ruth Day as well. They've raised a lot of money, uh, the best part of uh, half a million pounds here today. So that's absolutely terrific. Uh, and we'll also be hearing from Jarrah Kimber as well. So uh, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Following on Ash's Inquest here on TalkSport. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to Following On Ashes Inquest with myself, John Norman, the uh, double Ashes winner, Steve Harmison. We've got plenty still to discuss on the show today. We've been talking about bouncers. We've been talking about Nathan Lyon. We've been talking about all manner of things. I mean, we actually haven't even spoken about um, how well England bowled in the morning and how and the fact that Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad were throwing the ball. Um, it's been Ollie Robinson bowling ahead of Jimmy Anderson at pivotal moments in this series so far. Not this morning. I'm going to get Harmy's views on that. Uh, but I was joined at Lords today uh, by one of your old friends, uh, Sir Andrew Strauss, uh, Harmy, who was speaking very warmly about you, must be said, as most people do in cricket. And uh, Sam Ellard uh, sat down and had a little chat with Sir Andrew uh, just about uh, Red for Ruth Day, which, of course, took place at Lords today. Red for Ruth Day at Lords. Um, it's such a, a, an opportunity for us to showcase everything we're doing with the Ruth Strauss Foundation, helping families going through grief and obviously to raise funds as well. So it's a, such a magnificent spectacle to see Lords turning more and more red every year. Um, and of course, today uh, the sun has come out. It was pretty miserable this morning. The sun has come out and uh, it's been resplendent in red and obviously fantastic to watch England piling on the runs as well. Can I say whether it's players, whether it's your colleagues who work in here at Sky Sports, whether it's people in the media or just the thousands of people outside that they get involved and buy red stuff, does it always sort of amaze you and put a smile on your face at how supportive everybody is for this great cause? Yeah, it is. And, you know, we never take that for granted because people have so many different demands on them and so many great charities out there as well. But, you know, I think our, <coughs> our message where around preparing families for, for the loss of a parent uh, with a terminal diagnosis, I, you know, I think that that strikes a lot of hard chords. The idea of um, kids being bereaved, losing a parent at a at a formative age, and um, what we're trying to do is make that journey a bit easier for them, making sure that the families have the right support in place to be able to deal with it, and uh, ultimately to help as, those kids as much as possible to have a, a good outcome from an awful situation. And just for people listening to this, um, if they wanted to find out <laughs> some more information or, or wanted to donate, how could they do that? Uh, yeah, so go to the Ruth Strauss Foundation website. There are plenty of ways of d- d- uh, donating there. And also, 
uh, by texting 10, 20 or 30 to 70, uh, Text a donate number there for you. So we appreciate everyone who has uh, the, the means and the intent to donate and support us. I could ask you a question or two about the cricket. A much better second day as we speak right now for England compared to day one. How impressed were you in particular with that morning session and taking those final wickets relatively quickly? Well, it was absolutely crucial. England couldn't afford Australia to get away from them and get up to somewhere near 500. So they did their job. I think uh, um, Australia would be disappointed that, that they crumbled as quickly as they did. But I, I think the batting was the, the really positive element for England. That They were under pressure, that batting unit. They had to perform thought the openers did a great job in negating the new ball, but also showing a lot of intent. And it has been baseball, but it has been controlled baseball. You know, it hasn't been really high risk. It's just been really smart cricket. And as we stand right at the moment, England have done a fantastic job today. You're one of England's best ever openers. A word on, on Crawley and Duckett. Crawley got a, a decent score, a good start, certainly. And Ben Duckett's in the runs today. What have you made of the way they've approached this innings and sort of where they're at at the moment in the test team? Yeah, I just think they did a great job. We know the Australian bowling lineup is a, a strong one, um, and the new ball in particular is always a challenging time. So they, they got that balance right between attack and defence, I think. Uh, and Duckett in particular has gone on and, and made, it, made it count. So um, a lot of work still for England to do, but at the moment they're looking in an increasingly strong position. I can ask you about one of your colleague, Kevin Peterson's comments yesterday. I think you got a lot of people talking, didn't he? When talking about um, about England's approach yesterday, he felt maybe it was all a little bit too nice, too many laughs, too many people smiling. Just out of interest, what did you did you make of that? Do you want to see this England team be a bit more nasty and aggressive at times? Well, I think they. It, it was a very very important session yesterday morning, and I, I think you you sort of set the tone with your body language. I don't think you need to be snarling and in people's faces, but you need to let them know that they're in a fight and they're in a contest. And I don't think England did that quite as well. I think there was a bit of an emotional hangover from. Uh, Birmingham, to be honest with you. Um, and by the time they, they sort of got their heads round it, Australia had already got away from them. So they'll be disappointed with the way they started that test match. But of course, the great thing about test cricket is it's over five days and one day doesn't lose you a test match. So it's been uh, excellent to see England show that fight and that, um, that determination to get themselves back in the match today. That was Sir Andrew Strauss speaking with Sam Ellard today. Uh, Red for Ruth Day. And, uh, yeah, best fund of half a million pounds raised. So uh, so that's fantastic for the charity. Um, we've had uh, a lot of people getting in contact with us on social media, Harvey. Uh, Andrew Iden says, another three test matches of this. I have a touch of grey hair appearing. I'll be <laughs> great all over after this. I know I know what it means. I mean, Edgbaston was properly intense and... You know, as we sit here now with three full days to come and the weather looking good, uh, we could be set for something similar, couldn't we? I think we're set up for an unbelievable finish to this test match because even if England are 50 behind, I still think they're not out of it because Lions not in the game anymore. Um, Australia need to bat and bat and bat. They're one nil up. Australia won't give England a, a chase. I don't think England will give them a chance. Uh, Australia will give them a chance. So England will have to go and take ten wickets to 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 give themselves that chase. Um, and I think we're in for a gripping game because I think wherever England get to chase, Ben Duckett said afterwards. He said, you know, we'll fancy ourselves to chase a little, you know anything on on this surface because it's a, it's a decent surface. So um, I think we're in for a, a fantastic end to the game because the difference in this series when we first started. Was the their their spin bowler? He was the he was the standout. You know, England's attack was a good attack, um, had depth. I thought Australia's attack very good attack with depth. 
um, batting units, two different types of batting units, but ones that can comfortably score big runs. England score quickly. You know, Australia absorb. Um, but the difference was was nearly 500 test wickets in Nathan Lyon. And if he is out, um, not only are we in for a, a fantastic end to this test match, I think we could be, England could go into the next test match if there's if England can win this game or not lose it. Um, I think England will bounce into the next game, just like we did in, in Edgebaston in 2005. We haven't spoken about the morning session in great detail, but essentially we wouldn't be speaking like this today or at the close of play uh, if it wasn't for the fact that England took those last five wickets. If Australia was still batting, you know, with 40 minutes to go until the tea break, they would have been over the hill and far away. And it would be about England drawing a match rather than still possibly winning it. Um, let's hear what Ben Duckett had to say about the fact that, let's not forget, before Joe Root took those two wickets in two balls, Australia were 316 for three. And the fact that England took seven wickets for 100 runs is not something that should be glossed over. What were they, 300 for three? Um, very happy we'd have taken that. I don't know how many, I think it was maybe 100 for seven. You know, the bowlers, you know, from a position where they were in, where could potentially go on and get 500 and make it extremely tough for us. I thought we fought back so well. Um, yeah, and then the way we batted there was, was, was amazing. I think we're in a great position. Um, tomorrow morning is going to be a huge session in this game. Um, you know, if we win that, I think we'll be, in a, I think we'll be on top. It was definitely England's day. You know, we've, we've been moaning a lot about those three wickets, but it was England's day today and it was set up by the bowlers. How big a moment was it for you that Jimmy Anderson was throwing the ball ahead of Ollie Robinson? Because at two big moments in this series so far, it's been Robinson ahead of Anderson and Anderson struck, as did Broad, and that really set the session up. Yeah, they did. And I think it was smart captaincy. I thought it was the right decision to be made. I thought... Anderson, I don't think Jimmy bowled badly yesterday. I really didn't. I thought you know, there was just that, the slowness of the pitch. It wasn't, didn't have that zip that Anderson needed. I still think Jimmy Anderson is about to come into, into sort of, into the, the uh, prime rhythm. I still think he's maybe, he's, that month he had out, Jimmy needs to bowl overs. He's always been somebody who bowls a lot of overs. Um, he doesn't play one day cricket and all he does is he just bowls overs in red ball cricket. And I think that month out, I think cost him the rhythm that he probably needed to hit the first test match. So I think he's probably hitting the first test match where he would like to be just round about now. So from that point of view, I think, you know, Jimmy was, again, he was, he didn't go for many runs yesterday and he held it all together, but he didn't look as effective as what normally you get from Jimmy Anderson. Um, but I thought he was excellent this morning. I really did. Along with Broad, I thought Broad came down here, sort of down the slope towards the left-hander very, very nicely. Um, and he used the slope well to get rid of, um, to get rid of Carey. And that was a big wicket for England. It was a huge wicket for England because Carey was the one that was going to stick with Smith and going to take this score to 450 and beyond. So it was a it was a good session for England, um, and then the bounced into, and that gives you confidence when you when you bat as well. So yes, we were lacklustre yesterday. We can't get away from that. But as Sir Andrew Strauss said there. It's five days and it's a long time in a test match of two and them throwing. Um, and I sat here this morning without a ball being bowled and said it will be a different England and it will be a positive England. And for me, they won all three sessions. Yep, I think I'd uh, just about agree with that. But if uh, Harry Brook um, hadn't been dropped by Marnus Labuschagne, then I'd have to say that it's, pr it's probably Australia that would have taken that final session. Of course, it was the final session when Nathan Lyon hobbled off. Um, 
Listen, you're listening to uh, Following On, Ash's Inquest. We've still got uh, plenty to come on the show before uh, Addy takes over with uh, Transfer Insiders. We're going to be hearing from Jarrah Kimber with uh, a little look at, at, uh, at the bouncers. It did remind me a little bit. Can you remember that test match in 2014 here? Uh, England against India. And, and England yeah. were bounced out by India at Lords. And it, that test match actually came to my mind in the build-up to, to this test match because a lot of people that I spoke to we're saying, well, Lords isn't a bouncy pitch. It's not the kind of pitch that you bounce a team out. Uh, and I just remember thinking back to that test match. Um, I also remember that 2015 test match here against New Zealand, where England, I think, were 98 for four or five. And New Zealand, under Brendan McCullum, went short at Ben Stokes, yeah. try and feed the ego. Stokes smashed 90, second innings hit 100, and England actually won that test match. So it depends what match you're looking at, really. Yeah, it? but from a bouncing out point of view, you talk about playing attacking shots and the angles. Cricket's about angles, and the angles at Lords are completely different to a lot of nearly 99% of the cricket grounds around the world because of the slope. So where you're eyeing the ball coming from, by the time it gets to you, it's a little bit straighter, it's a little bit, or it's a little bit wider, or tucks you up. All of a sudden, you make a mess of the shot. And Steve Smith said, "There's some big pockets at Lords. Square of the wicket is not that big." But down towards fine leg and down towards third man, it is a big area to clear. And you know, the angles of Lords, so it's not a bouncy wicket where you, you feel as though you're going to intimidate somebody, but it's a lot difficult. It's a lot more difficult to try and score off the bouncer because of the angle it's coming from. And sometimes you just mis- misjudge that in your peril. I tell you what, I've, uh, a friend of mine, Sam, is just. Uh... You know, he's never been interested or shown any interest in cricket over the last 20 years or so. And he's just WhatsApped uh, my five-a-side football group. Yes, I still play five-a-side football um, when I can. And uh, he's asking about baseball. A friend of mine, Luke, last week was asking about baseball. Two of my friends I've known for 30 years. They've never shown the slightest interest in <laughs> test cricket. And uh, here we are. Uh, we've had a text in from Lee in Stourbridge. He says, guys, I'm a football fan through and through. 53 years old, season ticket. Uh, holder, 34 years uh, at Villa. I've never really been a cricket fan, but I've got into the ODI's T20 stuff over the last five years or so. Blah, blah, blah. Test cricket, though, never floated my boat until the last 12 months or so. And this new style has come along. Uh, I know Harmy's a legend and obviously has forgot more than most know, but come on, let's celebrate this England side and credit them with trying to revive Test cricket for the masses. I think I'm doing that, to be honest. Well, yeah, I think what uh, what uh, Lee is slightly missing the point is is that we just care so much yeah. at times. We just get angry. It's not like we're sat- we're bored of what we're watching. We can see the appeal, but it's just we we're not I mean, quite Kevin Peterson, but we are fr- slightly frustrated sometimes. We just want to win yes. and be entertained. But I, I mean, that's living in a perfect world. It is. <laughs> I think we should all learn. We'll learn from Lee. I'll be more uh, be more optimistic tomorrow. Uh, we've still got plenty to come on the show. You're listening to Talk Sport. This is uh, following on Ash's Inquest. Uh, I'm John Norman, and uh, he's Steve Harmison. After uh, the break, we're going to be hearing from Jared Kimber. On DAB, online, on the app, and on your smart speaker. Order, order. All rise for following on Ash's Inquest on Talk Sport. If you're only just joining us or you missed any other show, it is going to be available very shortly uh, via the following on podcast feed. So check that out. Right. We've already had a lot of discussion 
uh, on the show about the short ball on um, that was uh, utilised well by Australia today. But let's have a little statistical view on the subject. Here's Talk Sports' uh, Jarrah Kimber, who's been taking a look at the history of the short ball in Test cricket in England. The short ball doesn't work that well in England. Tess, that might sound a bit weird because we obviously see a lot of it, but in England, clearly the best place to bowl is on the lengths. In the last three years, that averages 19 in English tests, while the bouncer is the next best ball at 32. But it's pretty much the same as bowling back of a length. It's not that special. But of course, that includes when the ball is new. So of course, you're going to bowl more length balls at that point. What if we looked at overs 40 to 80? Well, in that, length bowling averages 24, the bouncer is at 38, and back of a length is at 41. So the bouncer is okay, but still not that great. Remember, of course, that England do bounce the tail a lot, so let's just look at top seven players now. Length still takes them an average of 31, but back of a length here averages 42, and the bouncer goes up to an average of 68. So with an old ball in England against a top order player, you don't usually get dismissed that often when someone bowls a bouncer. So what England did today was actually pretty spectacular. The ball was soft, Australia was out of plans, and they just decided to go all in on the bouncer because they thought that England wouldn't stop swinging at it. And you know what? England didn't stop swinging at it for a very long time until Ben Stokes came in. And because of that, England let Australia way back into the game. It's an interesting tactic of going all in because they have the faster bowlers and obviously in this case they have a lot of seamers. It's a lot different trying to play these shots against someone bowling 78 miles an hour than 88 miles an hour or even faster. But realistically, it doesn't seem like a sound tactic to take the bouncer on as much as England did today or as attacking. Sometimes you can just, I don't know, defend them or take a few on the body. Take a few on the body, eh? I was listening to Ricky Ponting, former Australian skipper on Sky Sports Cricket today, talking about you, Harmy, and uh, the intensity that was shown here at Lords 2005 uh, and how it was kind of lacking yesterday. Uh, Australia, well, they brought back the intensity. Jarrah's right. It was around the 35 over mark that they did. They were pitching it up for the first 20 overs and then they went all short from the 35th over. But uh, Ricky Ponting was talking about you bowling short or back of a length and... Uh, he was at pains to uh, to put forward the notion that it wasn't just he who got hit, was it? I think you hit four of their top six, didn't you? Yeah, Lange got hit on the arm first, then Ponting got hit, and and Matt Hayden got hit on the head. I think Simon hit. I think Simon might. Is hit it David Martin as well? I think, think so. Martin yeah, got... I think Damian Martin copped one as well. So, I, but in that series, I thought they were more nervous than what we were because of that. You know, Ricky Ponting never gets hit on the head. Matthew Hayden never gets hit on the head, and the the one that hit Justin Langer on the arm. He probably got about six or seven thousand test runs with that little sort of run down to fine leg. So it just shows you, you know, the Ashes battle, you know, that the nerves that comes with it. You know, the short ball. I thought Australia's tactics were were excellent today. They tried to get England out when the ball was at its newest, in in and around challenging the, the sort of off stump or bowling a little bit straighter. And then I think they, they basically said, right, that's it. If you want to hit us for six, you can hit us for six, but you're going to have to make sure you time it perfectly. We've got the bowlers. You might be able to do it against um, Tim Southey and 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 Wagner at Mount Monganui when Ollie Pope and I think 
Harry Brook were going mental in that mid-afternoon session where they just kept hitting sixes and fours. But can you do it against Pat Cummins? Can you do it against Mitchell Stark? Can you do it against Josh Hazelwood? You know, at Lords in the middle of an Ashes battle. Let's see what you've got under pressure. And um, I thought the tactics from Australia was was spot on. And you know, England fell fell you know well short of the execution. But like I said before, I don't blame the shot selection because that's this is the way this this team play in a positive way. And I like that. I really like that. They'll win more games than they'll lose that way. But unfortunately. This is two test matches now where England have been in a foothold of a position where they've let Australia back in. They did it, Edgebaston, and they cost them the game. They have here. Could it cost them a game again? Well, come on then. What's going to happen tomorrow, eh? We've got three full days to come. The feeling is is that Nathan Lyon will not bowl. Uh, Of course, it'll be England batting last. And uh, they trail by 138 runs. Uh, will Stokes come out swinging tomorrow morning or do you think we'll see the Stokes that uh, hit 17 from 57 balls tonight and he'll let Harry Brook do the damage at the other end? How do you think England are going to go about it? Also considering, of course, no Bowie Alley has lengthened the tail. Yeah, I think you're going to see a little special from Stokes um, in a way that the situation, I think they'll bat around Stokes. I think Brook will play his way. I think Johnny will get himself in and then he'll play the way Johnny's played throughout his test career, which has been in a positive frame of mind, a positive manner. If it's there to hit, he'll hit it. But I think Stokes will try and be there for the majority of the England innings. And and I think Australia have a window of, you know, possibly the first sort of 25, 30 balls where if I was Pat Cummins, I'd have two slips, three slips gully and try and bowl it across Stokes and try and nick him off. Because as it goes on, I think you I think you see a steely determination of the England captain to try and hold the England unit together to get them to parity, if not beyond. And then he'll feel as though whatever Australia get, my team can chase it when you haven't got Nathan Lyon. I think that's what happens. With, that's what will happen with Stokes' mentality tomorrow morning. The, the problem that Australia have got, though, is, of course, uh, they've got 19 overs until the second new ball. So Cummins will be mindful that he doesn't want to bowl himself out. <coughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, um, and when you look at the uh, the economy rate of uh, of the Australian bowlers, it's, it doesn't make for pretty reading if you're Australian. Mitchell Stark's twelve overs went for seventy five. Uh, Josh Hazelwood's eleven overs went for sixty three, and Cameron Green's seven overs went for forty three. So all three of those going in excess of five or six and over. The only two bowlers that uh, could keep a lid on England today were Pat Cummins, whose twelve overs went for thirty nine. And, of course, Nathan Lyon, who we're not expecting to bowl. So, you know, surely England sit on Cummins and then they go at the others. Well, they'll sit and just play naturally to the others. And that's what they did. A lot of England positivity, you know, the, the, the full balls that were getting put for four were largely down a little bit like England, were overpitched, floated from Hazelwood and from, from Stark using their pace. If England back to the second new ball and go the way they're going at four and a little bit and over, you're looking at England being 50 behind, 45, 50 behind. So depending on who's in at that time, if Stokes is in, he'll feel that's the time he will be positive and go, right, I'm going to try and score off this harder ball. You know, the harder ball could be the best time for me to, to explode and really become expansive. And if he's in with a till, then, you know, then you give him even more freedom. So that second new ball could be a, a good thing for Australia, but it could be even better thing for England if Bairstow and Stokes is there because all of a sudden England will feel right. 
you know, if we are 50 behind, second new ball, we could have a real dip at this. And you know, then the wheels could come off for Australia. And in terms of the match itself, England are all about no draw play. But essentially, if Australia don't declare in second innings, and you can't expect that they will, uh, unless England really, unless England collapse tomorrow, uh, then uh, you know if uh, if they set uh, England, I don't know, 250 and 50 overs or so, it could be uh, it could be quite interesting. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 